What you will find in this video is actually two different videos put together. They are the start of what's going to be up on our website under a section called Why We Believe. This video is going to cover two of those topics, why we believe the Bible and why we believe in singing. Hope you enjoy, and I hope that we can all learn something together. People often ask me, why do you believe? Why do you believe and follow Jesus? That is when I tell them the reasons I can give for knowing that my Savior with God in heaven lives. I believe, I believe that Jesus who was crucified, just as the prophets prophesied, He left the tomb unoccupied with angels in His stead. And I believe, I believe He showed Himself to witnesses, to those who would attest to His true presence in the midst of them, the many who beheld. So when the people ask me, why do you believe? Why do you believe and follow Jesus? That is when I tell them the reasons I can give for knowing that my Savior with God in heaven lives. I believe, I believe they preached in Jerusalem as resurrected Son of Man, and enemies could not reprimand the truth of all their claims. And I believe, Disciples suffered sword and fight, they gladly bore the pain and shame to magnify the holy name of Christ their risen Lord. This one great fact of history I'll cling to all my days, that one day I may see Him when with Him I am raised. That one day I may see Him when with Him I am raised. My God is alive, my God is alive, my God is Creator and He is alive. My God is alive, my God is alive, my God is Creator and He is alive. He made all the heavens and earth, yes it's true, He showed all His glory so there's no excuse. So worship, adore Him, and baptize His name. So let all the ages His greatness proclaim. My God is alive, my God is alive, my God is alive. The Christ is alive, the Christ is alive, the Christ is our Savior, and He is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is alive, the Christ is our Savior, and He is alive. He rose from the bondage and gloom of the grave, exalted on high for the life that He gave. So glory and honor and praise is His name, so chaos of kingdoms His sonship proclaim. The Christ is alive, the Christ is alive. The Christ is alive. God's Word is alive. God's Word is alive. God's Word is the Bible and it is alive. God's Word is alive. God's Word is alive. God's Word is the Bible and it is alive. The Spirit inspired the great men of God who penned all the messages. 
is what here on this song. It sharpens and swords and it passes the same. Since powers is failing, it's worth we proclaim. God's word is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is alive. Why we believe the Bible. So much from what we practice here at the South Edmonton Church of Christ, it has to do with what we read in the Bible. So I think that this video is very important for us to take a look at why do we believe the Bible? You know, what is the Bible and why is it important for our life? Let's take a look at some of these things together. For starters, why is the Bible important? Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, we read, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This passage that Paul wrote in the New Testament tells us a little bit about the importance of, of what the Bible is and also how to use it. We do see that it comes from God. It's God-breathed. It's God. Uh, that's what we mean whenever we say that it's inspired, is that it is God-breathed. And we see that there are ways in which we can use it. We can use it to teach people, to rebuke people, correct people, and to train people. Uh, all of these things within righteousness. And by the way, sometimes the people that we are teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, sometimes those people are ourselves. We are the one. The reason behind that shows up in verse 17. The reason is that we as servants of God, so that we can be equipped, not just somewhat equipped, but thoroughly equipped, for every single good work that we might find ourselves wanting to do or able to do. The scriptures gives us guidance on those things. That doesn't necessarily mean that the scriptures answer all of our questions. It just means that it gives us guidance so that we are equipped to have the answers that we do need. So what is the Bible? I believe a very good way to answer that question is by looking at Exodus 17, 14. This is the very first time that the writing of the Bible is actually mentioned within the Bible. We read this. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Now, the occasion of this writing was this story that uh, I would encourage you to you know, go back and read it in Exodus 17, but it's this story that the people of God were battling against the Amalekites. And here, this is that occasion whenever Moses raised up his hands, and as long as his hands would be raised up, they were winning the battle. But then whenever he would lower his hands, they would start to lose the battle. And then what we see is his hands were actually propped up, and, and eventually what happened is they did win, and they continued to be faithful uh, to God throughout you know, that time of that, that battle. Well, right after that, the Lord tells Moses to write these things on a scroll. Why was he supposed to write it down? He was writing it down so that they would remember it, so that they have that accurate record of what took place, and so that future generations would know those things and be able to, to read about them and learn from them. That's a large part of what the Bible is. It's this uh, accurate description of these accounts of men and women of faith, uh, of days gone, gone past already, that we can learn from them. And we can see uh, ways in which we can uh, continue on this story of God even today. There's also other reasons why uh, the Bible was written, though. In Exodus chapter 24, a few chapters later, 
what we see here is uh, something here in verses 3 and 4. Let's just read those together and then I'll comment on them. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. And of course, there's more to this occasion. But, but here what we see is it's not just that there's a record so that we have an account of what took place. No, this is more than that. This gets into the realm of kind of it's a covenant relationship. In fact, all this here in, in Exodus at this at these chapters around this in, in the book of Exodus. It is talking about this covenant relationship that God is wanting to enter in with his people. And Moses is told to write down these things. So as part of this covenant relationship, these are the things that the children of God are supposed to be doing in order to be faithful to their end of the bargain. They said at this moment, everything the Lord has said, we will do. Now, we know the rest of the story and we know sadly they didn't always do that, but let's face it, sadly, we don't always do everything that the Lord has asked us either. However, the Bible is there to remind us of what we have agreed and what has been agreed and what is kind of requested of us, what is really required of us. The scriptures uh, records those things and shares those with us for uh, future generations as well. There's one more passage in the Bible that I want us to take a look at that uh, sheds a lot of light on what the Bible is. In the New Testament this time, the way that Luke begins his gospel, he tells us why he wrote it in the first place, why he wanted to deliver this account about Jesus to us. This is what Luke says, Luke 1 verses 1 through 4. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So what Luke records here is he, he tells us, yes, the, the purpose is to record this story, to accurately hand it down, but then also for us as readers, speaking and seeing this through the eyes of Theophilus, who, who the letter of Luke was addressed to, it's so that we may know the certainty of the things that we have been taught. This is not everything that the Bible uh, serves us for, but yet it's a several of the things that the Bible does serve us for and what it is and why it exists and also why we should read it. When the rivers run, when shines the sun, we can clearly see the masterpiece of God. When the moonlight Melody, we 
Why we believe in singing. Well, in this video, we're just going to take a look at, at a few passages that give us a little bit of information on why we sing and also how we sing. Let's take a look at those together. For starters, why do we sing? Well, James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Now, there's a few more things that James says in this passage about you know, if you're going through this or going through that, then you should do this or you should do that. But yet here he does say as part of these things, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Now, that's not always why we sing, but that's a large part as to why we sing at least the songs of praise that we do is it's praising God for the great things that have come our way. Now, sometimes you will find out that uh, there's other reasons to sing. Uh, for example, when you read through the Psalms, you'll find out a lot of those are what's called songs of lament. That means you're sorry about something. Perhaps it's the sin within our lives that has caused something that we're seeing in the world. Well, sometimes in those instances, they were singing not because they were happy, but yet they were singing because of the sadness. They were singing as a way to kind of process this information and to be able to get through it. So there can be a few different reasons as to why we sing. But we definitely do see in the New Testament that if you're happy, singing is most certainly a response that makes sense. There's more. We actually have a passage in Scripture where we see that Jesus sang with his disciples. In Matthew 26, verses 29 and 30, we read, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, this passage here in, in Matthew 26, there's also a parallel passage in Mark chapter 14, and you can read that in verse 26 that says pretty much the same thing, that they sang a, a hymn, and then they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, if you uh, notice in verse 29, the context of this is what we would typically call today as a Last Supper. They just took up communion. They just, they just celebrated this Passover um, festival, and Jesus gave new meanings to this this old ritual, and then he tells them, you know, after all of that, he says that uh, he's not going to drink from it again. He's not going to partake of it again until he's uh, in his father's kingdom with them. And then after that, kind of the last thing they do before leaving um, that occasion is they sing a hymn, and then they go out, 
And then, of course, if you follow along, you'll find out it's shortly thereafter that Jesus himself is even betrayed. So it's it's at a very crucial time, and it's a very interesting time in which we see that they sang a hymn. Don't you wish we knew what hymn that was? We can kind of guess, but it was likely, you know, one of the Psalms, but we really don't exactly know. But we do see that Jesus did sing. But there's more to singing. For example, how do we sing? Ephesians 5 verses 18 through 20 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you probably noticed there's a, a connection with with this on how we sing and also why we sing, because even among this passage here, there's a lot of, of thanksgiving and a lot of giving of thanks that's mentioned. It's very similar to what James has already said. Look, if you're happy, if you're thankful, sing. It makes sense. So here in Ephesians, what Paul is saying is he tells us what we should do, that you know we, we should be filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit, we need to speak to one another. We do that through singing. We can help one another. And there's different types of songs. There's psalms, there's hymns, there's spiritual songs or songs from the Spirit. We see that there's a few different categories of songs, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. And there's different reasons for why we would sing the, the different types of songs. We're also told to sing and to make this music from our heart to the Lord. Now, we see how we sing. There's a few different ways on how our attitude should be whenever we sing. Also, there's a little bit into, you know, actually how we sing. For example, you've perhaps noticed uh, if you've visited us in person at the South Edmonton Church of Christ that we do not sing with musical instruments. The reason for that is very simple. When you look at this passage and others from the New Testament that talk about singing, you won't find instruments being used in the in the church, uh, in the early church. What you will find though is that they're speaking to one another with these different hymns, with these different songs. Uh, they are singing to one another but you will not find any mention about musical instruments. And since we try to do things uh, always by the, the way the scriptures speak about it, then you won't find us using musical instruments in our worship either. There's one final passage I want us to look at, which is very similar to Ephesians 5, but I just want you to see that, that this isn't just uh, what was written to the Ephesians. No, it was written to other churches too. And it also uh, applies to us today. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. It's again Paul, and he says to this church, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Once again, we see that there's a close connection between singing, being thankful, uh, being joyous, being happy. All of these things are mixed in together with our singing. So why do we believe in singing? Well, we believe in singing because it's, it's part of what's been done for really thousands of years by followers of God. It's a way to express ourselves. It's a way to teach one another, to admonish one another. Whenever we speak to one another, in these psalms, these hymns, and these songs from the Spirit. In verse 17, it's so good. 
I'm going to read it again, and and this is is really at the heart of of what we do when we sing and what we do when we do just about anything else that we do. Verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's what we are called to do. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? I cry to you with all my power. Through the veil of Jesus' flesh, from this valley strewn with tears, I can climb up to the mountain of the Father. For he lives to hear the pleas from his children worn and weak, as they come into his presence with their praise. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? I cry to you with all my power. I can pray in Jesus' name for my will to be the same. For the Father wants to mold me in His image. For He knows what's best for me, if I'm bound or if I'm free. I can come into His presence with my praise. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? I know that God, you will hear, you will hear. 